0: Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Mark Francis in the host seat again today, and with us, last week's host, Miss Alicia Batalia. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, thank Excited you. Excited to have
0: you back in the... Uh, call it kind of like the conversation seat you know this is this table commentator this is a
1: much more comfortable space for me than that space that you're in right there
0: and (laughs) we don't have Caleb today but back in the sermon pastor seat senior pastor Mark Carey how are you very good thank you good thanks for being here and Uh you know I I do want to have special segments here today you know it's it's neat because some of the comments that we do get from people are why all the chit-chat up front Let's just get to the meat right here and now. Well, it's still important to hear from us. I want to hear what's going on. So here's a segment that we can call What's New in Our Lives. Yeah? Okay, so Alicia, what's new in your life right now?
1: So my parents were here this weekend. I saw them. And what day was it saturday was a pretty nice day and we went on a hike well not a hike my parents like to call it a hike on the trail at the museum of the shenandoah valley oh, yeah it's really really lovely yep. we did the outer loop so for those of you listening who have not walked that it's really really it's nice like a hidden
0: gem of winchester it right? is right? and there's like there.
1: there's art along the way and yeah. uh, neat lots of neat things to look at. So, awesome. so that it's was, a lovely 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 white walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mark, what's new with you? You were you were can out of the can, uh, sermon. Can we cut the chit chat and get it right done <laughs> <you>? I mean <laughs> you, you released the pulpit to Caleb last week. Yeah, yeah. So
2: Yeah. Uh nothing new. Uh same old, same old. We had a lovely uh, Valentine's Day yeah. yesterday. It was yeah. my oh, yes. day off and we yeah. It was just... Uh, nice. Excellent. Coming up here, 45 years of married. Bliss. Aww. Or,
1: b- 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 Bliss. When's your yeah. anniversary? Yeah.
2: yeah. It's not till April.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. But coming up. Coming up. Yeah. Making plans.
0: Awesome. So That's right. On your mind. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I was again. away last week on vacation, had fun. Now mm-hmm. I'm in a haze trying to get back into mm. the work mode, so... I apologize if there's hazy conversations here,
1: and a little bit of a tan. Face. A little bit
0: of a tan, just a little <laughs> bit. Well, good. Let's move on. Okay, I, what I like to call it the sermon recap. So, Alicia, give us a quick, brief rundown of what we experienced on Sunday or and Saturday if you were there at
1: FSAP. No, I was in F three. were in F three. Yeah. Um, so, from Mark chapter six, uh, we learned about Jesus feeding the five thousand and Jesus walking on water, and I think about. A mosaic a mosaic mm-hmm. is you know, a picture or pattern that is has all these little pieces that are arranged and if you're up close there's there's so much detail in the up-close pieces but then as you step further away you get this big picture and it all comes together and I feel like these stories that we've mm-hmm. in these stories and every story whispers his name is like that there are so many gems and they're beautiful and they're so rich and but they're put together and as we are stepping back we're seeing this bigger picture and so this week i i saw jesus as shepherd i saw jesus as provider i saw jesus as powerful and i saw jesus as divine and there's a lot of old testament parallels Mm. that come along with who this identity of who jesus is as as god and um and then uh another big takeaway was the disciples just didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can I can see myself in the disciples shoes and um missing who Jesus is. So that was my biggest hmm. takeaway is here just this big, amazing God and um just human disciples yeah. totally missing the main thing.
0: Yeah. It, I mean we definitely can see ourselves in the disciples' mm-hmm. shoes in these stories. Mark, your title was "I can, but y- I can't, but you can." Mm-hmm. Slightly different than the actual Jesus storybook title. Mm-hmm. So, where did you go with that of kind of the sermon and, and yeah. naming that? Well, I I think it's helpful to be mindful that
2: uh, as Mark wrote his gospel, he had a particular audience in mind. You know, and that's always a good question. Okay, what, why did he piece these stories together, and what was his what was his intent? As he, uh, and who was his audience? Who was he writing to for that intent? Mm-hmm. And we know that Mark wrote to a, a Roman audience, probably Roman believers mm. uh, in Rome, possibly. Um, probably got most of his material from Peter and, you know, and, and, and others. But I, well, I understand Mark wrote this Gospel account really as a discipleship uh, uh, tract, a, a discipleship document. He wanted, he wanted to help develop um, the disciples in Rome, and how did he do that? What it's a, if it's a if it's a discipleship um, document, w- can we follow his his train of thought? And over and over again, what comes out there's it it, it is comes down to who is this Jesus? Mm. Early on in Mark's gospel. Um, in the baptism account in chapter one, the voice from heaven appears and says to Jesus, "You are my beloved son. Mm-hmm. I'm well pleased with you." Then, I think it's uh, later in Mark chapter nine, the transfiguration account. Yeah, and and the dis- some of the disciples are up there on that mount with them, and the voice is heard, but this time it wasn't directed just to Jesus; it was this is my beloved son, yeah. listen to him. Listen to him, yeah. You come to the end of Mark's gospel, at chapter 16, I think it is, in the crucifixion account, and there's a Roman centurion at the, at the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. and he sees how Jesus died, and he exclaims, surely this must have been the Son of God. Mm-hmm. This was the Son of God. So you, I think Mark is weaving these stories to try to help people identify this is who Jesus is, and if you want to be a follower, a disciple of His, um, what are those characteristics? What 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 do we have to? Mm. What what needs to be um, part of our life? And over and over again, like last week uh, in the chapter four passage, and now again this week, the dominant theme is always, "Who is this?" Mm. Mm. And to the degree that we know Him. Is the degree that we are going to be a fully follow a, a full fledged disciple of Jesus? Discipleship comes by understanding who he is and our relationship to him. So here again was another story of, uh, and it's a negative. I mean, it's the disciples, but th- that's that's who is being followed in Mark's gospel. Um, they had missed all the previous. Uh, <laughs> identity um, possibilities here of Jesus the uh, and uh, once again they missed it uh, hmm. again and the why is because they're so focused on themselves yeah
1: yeah so the john account of this is so interesting because the the mark account talks about how the disciples' hearts were hardened and then the john account highlights how the people uh, and their reaction to what's happening and that they really are just interested in the miracles and and I think it's worth reading this is from the John account uh, chapter 6 starting at verse 22 on the next day the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but that his disciples had gone away alone Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you you ate your fill of the loaves, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. And then he goes on and he talks about how he is the bread of life. Mm-hmm. And um, they, and even in that, they, they're, just, they're not getting it. They're not putting the pieces of the puzzle together. The
2: people.
1: Exactly. Right. The people are not.
2: Yeah. yeah. And John, we know, who was his audience? Why why did he focus on those things? Well, he's writing to unsaved Jews, mm. uh, and so he's going to focus on the people he's writing to unsaved. It's a gospel tract.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mark is a discipleship tract, mm. and so he's mm-hmm. focusing on the hardened hearts of the disciples. Mm. Right. This is and this is not befitting of a disciple. Mm. He's, mm-hmm. John is writing to unbelievers, and really to show that he's the Son of God. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. and 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 who he is, but goes—you know—again, it's it it ties with so much of the Old Testament with uh, uh, Moses's, uh, the Pentateuch, the stories related to Moses, and uh, because there's this real heavy Jewish uh, overlay in Mm. John's Gospel, Mm. because that's his audience. And the
1: Matthew account doesn't talk about their hearts being hardened, does it? No. Yeah.
2: So every every one. Uh, has a different um, you uh, got to understand who the audience is and why this particular thing was emphasized same story Yep. Mm-hmm. but why was this emphasized uh, in this gospel writer and not the others but so it's
0: interesting Alicia that you're picking up on this mosaic picture that you're seeing in the Jesus storybook and we're really honing in on Mark mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. last several weeks and that it's a discipleship track and I'll circle back to a statement that you made mark that was just something like discipleship is getting a better understanding and knowing who God is in our relationship to that, I think is what you said mm-hmm. just a few minutes ago. And so it's that discipleship component that we're seeing in the stories. And how do we then learn who Jesus is right. through these stories right. and his character? So you, you,
2: you put yourself in this story. In modeling. Right. Yeah. So here's the story. Put yourself in that story. And uh, what was it that Jesus was after? What what did he, what 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 is the one of the key things that um, we want to see, and, um, uh, and 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 in large part I think it is um, the when Jesus said you feed them, uh, and I built off that in the sermon that that <laughs> shows it, it raised an immediate need, an immediate mm-hmm. need. We can't feed them. I think I think in the John account Philip says. It would take eight months' right. wages right. to go feed these people. You know, We we take we don't have 200 denarii to go do this. So part of the discipleship process is finding ourselves in impossible situations.
1: Mm.
2: And to the degree that we know our God will depend how we're going mm. to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Are we going to trust him or are we going to panic? Um, and as we grow as a disciple, we're going to grow more and more in our dependency because we— we trust who he is mm. and his heart. The disciples didn't. And it says there, you know, in verse 52 of, of Mark 6, they gained no insight from the loaves because their hearts were hardened. Now, I circle back with that and say, mm-hmm. why were their hearts hardened? And another th- key thing about discipleship is as long as we're focused on ourselves, you're not going to be that disciple, mm-hmm. that, that follower of Jesus Christ. And we're not talking about Heaven and hell. We're not talking about getting into heaven. We're talking about living, mm. right? The if we apply to our life, Christian life. He,
1: he's he's a, he's aware of our need, and so th- that asking that you know telling them you feed them like he that's pretty pointed. Yes, right. And then even when he was um, when they were in the boat and he was on the land and he saw that they were making headway painfully for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So there's, he, here he is again. He's, he's seeing their need. He's and attentive he's, to them. He yes, knows. He's, he's very attentive really to them. See his care, and then he's his stepping love, yeah. into that space and revealing who he is to them. Right.
0: He's, he's training. He's, he's training the twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh and these whole things. That's and what I saw out of it was mm-hmm. the whole rabbi component mm-hmm. of who he and it's a teachable moment to the disciples in that moment of get your focus off yourselves. Yes, you're hungry, but look at all these people here. As a as a model example that Jesus is setting, yeah. how should you be thinking? How should you be acting in yeah. that moment? Yeah. So let's let's turn and tackle this big idea. I wanna have this segment be labeled, let's tackle the big idea because I think we're hitting it right here. So let's pause there for a moment. Mark, you said it's a discipleship track, but I'll kick off the conversation because what I thought what the big idea was was just that get our focus off ourselves mm-hmm. and look to Christ and his example. So unpack a little bit of that big idea of maybe what you kind of gleaned, Alicia, and Mark, you can maybe expand on that too. Kind of what's our big takeaway here from the sermon?
1: Well, I, it's interesting because. <laughs> I'm just thinking about practical life, and um, you started out the sermon, and you were talking about how our our best plans can sometimes be hijacked, and I think that <laughs> happens on a daily basis, on a, you know, it ha- can happen on a really big scale, but c- it can also happen on a really small scale, and um, I think that it's those moments of seeing, just knowing, okay, God is—he's in control of all things. He's—he is a sovereign. He's working. He loves me, um, and these interruptions are not by accident. And through them, he—he he wants to teach me. He wants—he hmm. wants to me to be know. He wants to know me, and for me to know him through those encounters, whatever it may be. And um, so I think that this stands out with what he was doing with the disciples in that way. Um, and there's those things that grab our attention uh, that sometimes we wish they wouldn't. <laughs> but God, God is so much bigger and he is so much wiser and he is good to us to put these interruptions in our life mm-hmm. um, and put us in those places of need. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it because
0: he's mean. No, or he, you know, he he's he a loves us. joy. He That's and right.
1: he loves his his right. disciples, shaping
0: us, teaching us, growing us right. into more of his yeah. image instead of yeah <laughs> our image. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if there was an overall statement, yeah, it was it would be
2: this that, that kind of the the subject might be um, a, a preoccupation with selfish needs, mm-hmm. uh, and the complement to that is uh, the the the. the um, the second half of that would be and it blind that then blinds us to the needs of others mm. and the character of the of the need pro- provider mm. so a preoccupation mm. of self-centered needs blinds us to the needs of others and the need um Uh, provider, Hmm. Christ himself.
1: Which is a misplaced hope, because we sometimes want to just think that we have our our own quick fixes or our own solutions, uh, when God is, he's like, I'm here, look at me, this is about me and what, who I am and what I'm doing. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And it makes me realize, okay, there's purpose and meaning in the entire worship experience that we have. The 75 minutes where we're together, you know, there's singing, there's prayers, there's Scripture. And the Scripture passage that bookended the morning or the evening for FSAT was Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a little bit more into that as a church over the next couple of weeks. I want to maybe even call you, a little secret here, I might call you to memorize this. This mm-hmm. could be an interesting verse, but look at this. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, you know, those circumstances that, throw our, that God throws our way, and the sin which so easily entangles us. <laughs> I always not looking to ourselves. But let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That focus of fixing our eyes on him instead of getting caught up in the sin which so easily entangles us, that's the disciples right there. <laughs> were they fixing their eyes on Jesus or were they caught up in themselves? And how do we learn from that? Yeah. You know? And let's be honest th- those were
2: legitimate needs. Sure. They had been sure. serving the Lord. you know, <laughs> They were out there. And it said, and Mark specifically adds that little phrase there in verse 31, I think it is. They didn't even have time to eat. Right. So he, he puts that in there and 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 then this whole day of listening again mm-hmm. to jesus and all, i i mean i i don't know about you but i mean if i if i get too hungry i can get kind of owly. there's yeah. the hangry it's the hangry yeah and so i mean these are these are real people real needs and and it was their their hunger was real
0: and they're called to serve. Mm-hmm. They and were, They're called to
2: serve. And, and yeah. I think Jesus knows this. Um, see why? why wh- that's another whole question. And that was one of the things I didn't talk about. Yep, bring it up. Kind of what was left on the. You know, what was on left the, in the cutting, the cutting floor? floor. On Let's the cutting move on to that. Go for it. Yeah, Fire what away. was left on the cutting floor? <laughs> um, I, I I, I focused more on the negative on the disciples. What not right. to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah, But there was so Which is, much we can
1: relate to that. Right,
2: right, right. <laughs> and I do think that was again Mark is writing a disciples mm-hmm. track. So what are we to learn in a, from the negative mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. of the disciples? But there's so much to focus on on Jesus Himself. Like like for instance, all these people are there. What's the first response or the, the kind of the default thinking of Jesus? It's to teach them. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of, I think, an application with that is far more important than the food in our stomachs, it's food in our souls. Mm. Jesus taught them. Tr- what those people needed, when he said they were without a sh- they're a sheep without a shepherd, predominantly, I think, he's focused on their, their lack of know- of knowledge, their lack of, they're wandering. They, and so he taught them. Um, and we should never underestimate the power of, the teaching of God's word—it mm-hmm. is—it is crucial. Jesus didn't, mm-hmm. and he took those people, and they probably hadn't eaten, mm-hmm. uh, which we know from the text. But he probably spends all day, it says, because it was well, yep. you know it's late now, and send them away. So that's one thing uh, in Jesus's priority list: teaching truth was right up mm-hmm.
0: there at the top. Um, and all at the same time, he was caring for the people around because he knew that they were hungry. Right. He was teaching the disciples yeah. while he was caring and showing love to everyone else and teaching God's word. Yeah. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. In fact, he probably, he, he was willing to let the masses
2: suffer a little so that he could, you know, he could have done this miracle at noon. Hmm. It was right. like, hey, let's have lunch. Guys, go feed them. We don't have anything, You know, the whole story could have could have been earlier. And when they're in yeah. the
1: boat, it's at night. It's in the middle of the night. It's dark. It's wet. <laughs> it's probably cold.
2: Well, he, <laughs> so, so Jesus, he, I think he. It's like he purposely delayed the miracle till later in the day, till the end, because he really wanted the disciples to to learn this mm. lesson. Mm. Um, yeah, if he wanted to satisfy everybody. He could have had a mid-morning snack, you know, or, or a noon <laughs> lunch. Instead, he let them suffer, and and, and he knew they they, he, they had to have been growling and sure. talking. And, you know, again, when I mentioned when they docked their boat and went over the knoll, or you know, if I just pictured that in my mind that all the, here are all these people. Yeah, it, you know, there had to have been some not very kind words sure. emanating, and Jesus knew that he picked <laughs> it up. Mm-hmm. So he let them. That's the amazing thing. He let them stew. And their own little selfish juices mm. for the whole day mm. and he even let the people sit there uh, i'm sure they were engrossed in his teaching they were hungry they were sheep without a shepherd um, but he, he waited to the, till the <laughs> last minute yep. and you know that's sometimes what he does with us He doesn't meet our need in
0: the morning mm. Right I bet that new. story stuck with those disciples. So when he was gone and they were truly out there doing the work of the ministry, they could hearken back to, right. well, how did Jesus do this? How did he? What did he teach us? But it was later <laughs> when when they were you know,
2: leaders of the church. Not, not in that no, moment there. <laughs> because I, I said, you know, if you go, which we, we don't have time, but if we go to, well, I said we don't have go time, ahead. then I go there. Go ahead. <laughs> chapter 8, you know, there's the other account of the feeding. It's the yeah. feeding of the 4,000 mm-hmm. right. in Mark chapter yeah. 8. And uh, so he does that same miracle, all this stuff, and then uh, in verse 14, it starts, verse 14 says of Mark eight, and they had forgotten to take hmm. bread and did not have more than one <laughs> loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders and saying, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees, and so on and so forth. And verse 16, so he's teaching about the disciples, something spiritual, or about the Pharisees, a spiritual truth. And verse 16, <laughs> what are they doing? They're discussing which one of the idiots didn't bring the bread. Where's <laughs> <Right>. the bread? Where's <laughs> the bread? Now, he had fed the 5,000, yeah. miracle. Here then, he had fed the 4,000. 4, so it, it took a while before they... Did get it, but yeah, I, you have oh, to believe that gosh. later on. All later, of these stories, all yeah, these things—they recorded these stories,
0: sure. So they knew, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's move on real quick because every now and then we do get questions, and so I want to turn to Alicia, oh. and there is a question submitted, and we want to—it's not stump so, the pastor time, but it's yes. you know, let's see what pops up here. So, what uh, questions are on the table?
1: See, hold on, let me find it. Um, uh, okay, yes. So, you you brought this line out. um in verse 48, And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. Okay, I'm going to stop there. He meant to pass by them. So is, is Jesus like walking on the water and like... Peace out, bros. I'm like, <laughs> keep trucking. Like, what, what is going on with that? Okay. He meant to pass by them. What yeah. does that mean?
2: Here's my take on this. Uh, and I just, I think, referred to it real briefly. You did. But here's what I think. It, it, again, Jesus is all about, he's the shepherd caring for the sheep. And he is the teacher. He, he is the disciple maker. He cares about the spiritual development of his disciples. They're his disciples, he is their rabbi. Well, they have just missed, here was a need, mm. they're hungry and they didn't even turn to him, right? They right. didn't even turn, he's right there with them mm-hmm. and they didn't turn to him because their hearts were hard because of their own thing, issues.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. Well, here they are, they're in another moment of greater need. Up on the hill during the day, it was their stomachs were growling. This is more serious and um, they had had a similar situation a few chapters earlier where mm-hmm. they're straining at the oars and where they're perishing, right. don't you care? Right. So when it says he intended to pass by them, that I think the focus is not on he intended to pet but on pass by them. So he's walking on the water, and whether it's 10 feet away or, but he, he purposely passes by them he intends not to pass far away from them to get the other side. He purposes to pass by them, close to them,
1: to get their attention. To
2: get their attention. What will they do in this situation? Where's uh-huh. your focus? Where's your focus? Yeah, the, <laughs> they, they missed it mm. with the with the food. Mm-hmm. They didn't even turn to him. Now they're much more. Uh, there's much more at cost here, at 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 stake. And so he he purposely intended to go by them will they call out to him will they see him will they will like will they um um and and they thought it was a ghost but then they saw him verse 50 and now they're terrified and he spoke to them look it's it's me yeah do not Take be afraid heart. It is and he got into the boat verse fifty, and, and the wind stopped and, and so i think he gives them another opportunity to reach out to him,
1: you used the word hmm. "the purposeful impossible," and I love that because it's like God; He's working beyond the natural bounds, what, but beyond what we think He should do. He, he's working beyond that. It's mm-hmm. it's this purposeful impossible, but He's doing it to teach. That's right. To disciple. Right. Look at who I am.
2: That's right. And there again is the purpose of Mark's gospel. Will they see it? Will they learn? Will they get it? Because a disciple hmm. is someone who recognizes who he is and depends on him and trusts in him fully. Hmm. And if we're going to live out our life in a crazy world of impossibilities, in a world of a lot of I can'ts, um, we've we got to see who he is and we got to run to him and we got to call out to him and depend on him because only he can Mm-hmm. so that again wraps up i think that what this in a world full of i can'ts mm-hmm. there's one who can mm-hmm. a disciple is going to put themselves uh, in in his arms because he is yeah. the good shepherd looking mm-hmm. to jesus
0: let's look fix under your jesus. eyes on him that's and right it really brings me to one of our more <clears throat> final segments and we've talked a lot of applications already but let's hone in on let's give this some meaning so let's take a few minutes here to really personalize what we've been discussing already, and Mark, you gave some applications in the sermon as well, maybe you can unpa- unpack those, but Alicia, I'll turn to you. Personalize what <clears throat> we are just talking about. Put some flesh and bones on what does it mean to be a disciple, like Jesus is teaching them.
1: So, at the Pastor Mark, the at the end of your sermon, you prayed, and I don't remember the exact words, but it was um, something along the lines of, like, even if it's we're writing something down to remember mm-hmm. who God is, what He's doing. Anyway, that made me think, and at the end of the sermon about um, this this book, it's called One Thousand Gifts" by Ann Voskamp, and mm. she wrote it. I,
2: I had several people mention. Oh, that. did you? Oh, she. Yeah, yeah it, ties it, in it came. So well. yeah, yeah, it
1: came to mind, and I was like, yes. And it, it's been a while since I've read this book, so I pulled it out again. Um, but for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I I do recommend. Um, this to you that um she she writes on accounts from her life and what god had taught her and she she pulls out this one word and i'll um it comes from the passover meal uh just before jesus's death and it's the luke twenty two nineteen and he took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and so she was thinking about the words uh he gave thanks and in the original language it reads eucharisteo and eucharisteo uh when you break it up well the the word means thanksgiving but uh the charis part means grace eucharisteo means thanksgiving and the kara part means joy i might be mispronouncing those (laughs) words so forgive me if i am um but anyway so what she what she does and just through the story of her life she wanted to make a list and she calls it a gift list and not gifts that she wants but gifts that she already has and her purpose is that Um, this list would lead her in deeper communion with God and just seeing who he is just all of the wonderful gifts and his provisions and how good he is and just she starts her first one was morning shadows across the old floors number two jammed jam piled high on the toast. Three, cry of blue jay from high in the spruce. And she goes on, and there's a thousand of them, not all in this book. But anyway, the purpose was to just start a list and writing things down of things that um, are this Thanksgiving, the meaning of this, in purpose to be uh, in communion with mm-hmm. the Lord, <laughs> and it's really beautiful. And she writes very poetically um, in this book, but anyway, if you don't, even if you don't read the book, it's it's just a helpful, practical tool that I thought, oh yeah, writing those things down helps us to reflect on the goodness of God yeah. and who He is.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, journaling people, I I don't do that, and I look back now and think. I missed out a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. But b- b- people who journal, th- those are some things they focus on. Then they go back through. And that was my point of the in an application is t- at the end of the day or maybe just at the end of the week, think back through hmm. and write that stuff down. Where did mm-hmm. God show up? Uh, practically, um, i and this was last year one time in a sermon I shared how when I was in uh, junior in high school. We were going to go down to this big conference down in Dallas, mm. me and two other friends and three of us, but we didn't have a car. I had an old pickup. They didn't have any car. So we prayed <laughs> that, uh, you know, where are we going to get this? How are we going to go? Three, uh, 17-year-old guys driving down to Dallas, Texas from Nebraska until a lady in our church <laughs> who had bought a brand new Plymouth Duster uh, <laughs> and she said, came to church one day and she says, hey, the Lord has laid it on my heart to give you my car for that week down in Dallas now those are that's a memory Mm -hmm. I and we we would say we can't Mm -hmm. there was no way we were going to make it down there Mm -hmm. but we'd been praying Lord we want to go to this thing you know as a youth conference thing and and but he did and he provided
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so uh, I've got tons of those stories yeah Mm -hmm. just uh, recounting that's right where where I can't and I want to say one thing for parents sake I I think this is so important uh in raising our kids. I wish we would have done it more, but when, when we get find ourselves into situations, and it's, it's wonderful if we do, we, we always think it's bad to be in impossible situations. We work ourselves silly sometimes, so we don't get in impossible situations, and we're missing opportunities. Now, I'm not saying let's be lazy and not you know let's not uh, uh, work hard and make a good living and, and support our families, but we find ourselves in, in situations sometimes And it's good to see that mommy and daddy are working hard and and these things. But what they really need to see is mommy and daddy coming, gathering the kids and say, kids, we can't do this. Mm. We are in an impossible situation. Mm. So let's hold hands right now Mm. and let's pray. Mm. Pray that the good shepherd will show up. Mm. Well, he will. And then we come home to our kids. And I'll tell you what, we're not raising kids these days Mm. to know that there's a big God in heaven who's going to meet needs. Because we are so doggone Mm -hmm. Mm self-sufficient and I think that's what bothered the disciples they're pretty self-sufficient and in this situation they couldn't be Mm -hmm. and they were angry they were mad they were upset about the situation
1: because they Uh, didn't have control they
2: didn't have control Mm -hmm. and 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 we have to teach our kids that there's a big God that in all of our I I can'ts in life there's a God up there who can that's when we create disciples Mm -hmm. in our kids stop providing everything for your kids we, we, we dump way too much stuff. They get to go to every ball game, all of this stuff that they want to do, all the stuff we give them. Stop it, parents. <laughs> I'm telling as a grandfather and as, as a father, we're, we're spoiling
0: our kids. Give them God. Yeah. Give them give God. Them God. Yeah. And,
2: and, and, and just stew in the I can't moments mm-hmm. so that you can trust God. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, yeah. now you're convicting us yeah. as parents sitting over here. Yes. Yeah. But that that is very true. And that's an easy application to say, yeah. find those opportunities just to look to the Lord. Yeah. And it should be more than once a week. Yeah. It should be more than even once a day. <laughs> it's got to be those every daily yeah. decisions. How can you look to the Lord? Yeah. Because God is going to be passing by, and do we see Him or not? Right. Yeah. So last quick summary, final thought. I mean, do you have any, just one quick statement that you want to share, Alicia, that says, here's the summary of what yes. we've learned?
1: Yes. Um. Jesus is the Good Shepherd who loves us and teaches us.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Mark, what would be a final takeaway statement besides what you just said? Yeah, (laughs) self-centeredness
2: blinds us to the needs of others, how we can minister to the needs of others, and it blinds us to the character of God. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so when... People come up to me and say, Mark, your sermons are too long. And
0: I say, I just can't make them any shorter. (laughs) You can now say, yeah, but he can. (laughs) (laughs) He can. There you go. Well, let's move on to just the final segment of the In the Know Times here at FBC. And I will just share there is a baptism service coming up at the end of the month, that final Sunday of February. And if you have not been baptized, I would just strongly encourage you to prayerfully consider that do the research, see what Scripture says. There's a class that you can attend that'll teach you as well. Go online to find out more of those details, fbcva.org, and you will find information about baptism there. And and baptize as a believer. As a believer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not some the people infant. may think, "Well, I've been baptized, as, and it was a, mm-hmm. as a baby." Mm-hmm. The Bible's talking about as a as a follower. Of Jesus. As a decision yep. that you are making in obedience to the Lord, and so and then there's also this whole month we've been collecting food for the community called Food Share. Um, thankfully, God, I mean, we we'll just give Him praise. The boxes have been collected. Oh, wow. They're gone. <laughs> and, awesome. and so, every one of you who have collected those boxes, thank you. We're going to be delivering those um, in a couple weeks that first week of first weekend of March. But we do need volunteers to help deliver them. And if you want to bless the community by being a face with those boxes and, and help in that way, go to the website for those details as well. And
1: that's fun. It is. It's fun because you get to go knock on people's door, see their faces. Their reactions. Oh, it There's is a, lot a behind blessing. lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. That, it is a blessing. You know, sometimes
0: when you show up on Sunday morning, you don't see but that's a cool mm-hmm. behind the scenes thing that you mm-hmm. can participate in maybe meet somebody new at FBC mm-hmm. so yeah. continue to grow and connect and serve in those ways so and the fact if that, you yeah. have
1: a big truck yeah big, big vehicles big that carry boxes <laughs> that's be, and be
0: be careful as you're filling up your boxes i mean people need i mean there's weight limits of what those things can hold and they can be really heavy so <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> T- treat it wisely you know don't stuff that's it with confetti and stuff but yeah, make it real yeah, but it yeah. just it can't be all cans For so for hernia-minded uh, <laughs> deliverers. <laughs> make them, you know. Exactly. Well, okay. Yeah, Mark, you're, you're done. We'll shut you off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. And the fact of the matter is that sermons are not meant just to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week.